Welcome to the podcast series on the art of mentoring, where you will learn how to be a great mentor. This podcast is funded by the National Science Foundation to support mentoring visually impaired middle and high school students in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, also known as STEM. Your guys are going to be me, Dr. Laura Lunsford, a mentoring scholar at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. And me, Megan Barr, a senior in business management with a human resource concentration at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Let's get started. This podcast is about high quality mentoring. In this session, you will learn about all you will learn all about high quality mentoring and how to be a great mentor. We will also cover sources of dysfunction and learn how to avoid them. What is a high quality relationship? Are there certain behaviors that characterize a high quality relationship? Well, Megan, that's a great question. Mentoring relationships really need to help participants to flourish and thrive. You spend a lot of time and energy in these relationships, so you want them to be great, not just average or mediocre. High-quality mentorships can be known by how they energize participants and really increase their well-being. We can demonstrate this easily through an experiment. Imagine someone with whom you have worked or interacted with frequently whom you look forward to seeing. Think about a time recently when you encountered this person and how that interaction made you feel. What was it that this person said or did? Recall how they talked with you and what their body language communicated. Now record the first three adjectives that come to mind to describe this person using your worksheet. Pause the podcast. Welcome back. When I think of someone I have interacted with and look forward to seeing, I think of the person being positive, engaging, and interested. Well, I don't know, Megan, you didn't sound all that excited when you imagined that person. Did you feel great when you saw them? Yes, I do, I think. I think of the terms good listener, funny, and caring. Well, now to part two of the experiment. Imagine someone with whom you work or interact, and if you see them again, it will be too soon. Again, pause the podcast and use the worksheet, the second Imagine A prompt, to describe three adjectives that come to mind when you think about this person. Pause the podcast now. Welcome back. When I think of someone I worked with who I try to avoid as much as possible, I think of someone who is, say, a negative, a downer, or rude. I think of someone who is lazy, self-interested, and annoying. I think our thought experiment shows that most people can pretty easily do this exercise and can quickly tell the difference between a high and low quality relationship. Let's explore this a little further and learn a little bit more about the power of positive interactions. What can you tell us about that, Megan? Oftentimes we have a bad experience with someone, it can taint the outlook of that relationship. Researchers have even found, found the ratio of the number of positive interactions it takes to cancel out one negative interaction. Pause the podcast and think of what you think that ratio is. Welcome back. If you guessed three to one of positive to negative interactions needed, then you are correct. Well, it's pretty amazing three to one. Some research has also said five to one, but somewhere in that range. And what's really important is having this knowledge will help mentors realize the importance of having multiple positive interactions so that when you do have to give some critical feedback, which could be perceived as negative, you can even it out with the positive interactions. 
because you want to have a lot more positive interactions than negative ones. What can we do to make sure we have a high quality relationship? Well, here's another memory aid. It's kind of funny, but I want you to wiggle your big toe. It's T-O-E, and the T stands for tensility, which is really a, another way of saying resilience. In other words, people in a high quality relationship can come back together even after they have a negative interaction. For example, if the mentor has to give some negative feedback about a project or maybe clarifying that the mentee didn't quite get something right, it's important that they be able to feel like they can come back together and still talk with one another and have that trust. That's tensility. Are you still wiggling your toe, Megan? Yes. <laughs> well, then the O stands for openness. And this program is really meant to try to do that, to connect mentees to new people and new ways of doing things, new ideas, really to expand horizons. So it's an important part of high quality to make those connections and open up the mentee to po the possible. Is your toe still wiggling? <laughs> I'm waiting for the, the E in toe. <laughs> well, the E refers to emotional tone. And this really refers to the ability to, to share both positive excitement and celebrations, as well as to talk about when things don't go so well. So well. And one way to do that is maybe keep track of successes when you're engaging with your mentee, the number of times they feel really good about completing a project or um, good things that happen to him or her during your time together, as well as being comfortable expressing when maybe things haven't gone so well and how you figured out how to manage that. What can we look out for in terms of dysfunction in a mentoring relationship? That's another great question, and people often don't think about it going poorly. In fact, I once had someone from IBM say to me, hey, if it's bad, you can just walk away, right? What's the harm in that? But sometimes it's not so easy to do that, and people um, feel uncomfortable or, or feel they need to avoid the person. So can you guess what the top two are, Megan? Well, mismatch and neglect sound like the top two. You're spot on. The two most common sources of dysfunction are mismatch and neglect. Mismatch refers to when your mentee expects more from you than you are qualified to offer. For example, if your mentee really wanted a mentor in engineering and you're in chemistry, then it's important to set their expectations that you can perhaps help them to connect with engineers, but you aren't one. You might also want to talk to the program director to see if there's a better fit. And neglect refers to what we call as distan distancing behaviors that can make a mentee feel like the mentor is disinterested in him or her. Some common reasons for this are people get busy or they forget, and mentees can do this as well. So if meetings are frequently missed, then this could be a sign of neglect, and you would want to get the program director involved as soon as possible to avoid more negative outcomes. So let's talk about ways to, to avoid dysfunction. A first step is to be aware of the sources of dysfunction to limit their occurrence. Another step you can take to avoid these dysfunctions is to have a plan in place if any of these behaviors arise. For example, talking to the program director about any concerns. A critical step in avoiding dysfunction is communicating with your mentee. By communicating, you can ensure you're on the same page and check in with their goals and feelings. 
Well, that's a great summary. And and to review, high quality is all about your toe. Is it still wiggling? (laughs) The tensility, that resilience, the openness, connecting to new ideas and new people, and emotional tone, being comfortable to express both positive and negative interactions and emotions. The positivity ratio of three positive behaviors to one negative behavior is also really important. And be sure to recognize any dysfunction early, like mismatch or neglect, and talk with their program director for advice on how to minimize these negative effects. Well, I know that you've learned more about what a high-quality relationship is. You're going to work hard to engage in those behaviors. Thanks for listening.